This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. I personally like the idea of improvisation being composing sped up. And the inverse of that, composing being improvisation slowed down, right? And if we want to become a great improviser, sometimes that seems magical. You hear some of your favorite jazz musicians just playing this stuff, and how do they come up with those ideas? Well, I think that a great way to get to that point is by slowing that process down and becoming a great composer, Figuring out how to compose your own jazz lines, your own jazz solos, your own concepts, so that the more you do that, the more naturally that will come out when you speed it up in an improvisation standpoint, improvisation setting. So in today's episode, we're going to take a little tool called Target Notes, and we're going to compose some lines using Target Notes over the jazz standard, There Will Never Be Another You. Let's jump to it. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. I am pumped up for today's show. And and you know I'm always excited about the show, right? You know every single time I say this, but today I'm really excited for two reasons. Number one, because of course... We are going to be talking about target notes and composing them over the jazz standard. There will never be another you. So excited to lay down the value. But I'm especially excited for where this lesson comes from today. And if you've been listening to the the jazz standards month here on the podcast, you know that my new ebook, The Jazz Standards Playbook Volume 2, is launched. Wow. Uh, Guys, I mean, I knew you were excited about this launch. I I didn't know you were going to be that excited about this. Well, thanks, everybody. All right, all right, all right. That's enough. That's enough. Stop clapping. Stop clapping. Stop clapping. Listen. (laughs) Listen, I am so excited about my book, The Jazz Standards Playbook, Volume 2. You've been hearing me talk about it for Jazz Standards Month. Came out yesterday from the time this podcast is coming out, and uh, just excited about it. It's It's a study of 10 jazz standards an in-depth study of 10 jazz standards that will ignite your jazz skills. And you may be asking, well, Brent, what are those jazz standards that are being studied? And those jazz standards are There Will Never Be Another You, which we're talking about a little bit today, Someday My Prince Will Come, Tune Up, Just Friends, Take the A Train, Days of Wine and Roses, Alone Together, Solar, What Is This Thing Called Love, and The Girl from Ipanema. I am so excited about this book for all of the valuable lessons that are packed into it. I'm especially excited about the companion course, which I offer alongside this, which has a community. Those of you who are, who are in the volume, the volume one companion course, know that you know being being held accountable by other course takers and recording your work and actually getting through the book is super valuable. So I'm really excited about this. And hey, if you want to get that book, it is now out. I'm so pumped about this. The Jazz Standards Playbook Two Number Two dot com. 
thejazzstandardsplaybook2.com is where you can get that ebook and companion course. I know you're going to get massive value out of this, so go check that out if you think this is something that can help you further in your jazz studies. All right, that's enough for the pitch today. Well, until <laughs> until the end of the episode, if you don't mind, uh, I'll mention it again. But uh, let's jump into the lesson today, which, which does come out of the book. It comes out of the Jazz Standards Playbook, Volume 2, and it's a lesson over the jazz stand. It's the improv lesson from There Will Never Be Another You, and it's about target notes, composing them, uh, what they are, of course, over that standard and creating solos out of that. So let's jump right into this. Let's jump into this lesson today. All right, so what's a target note, everybody? Let's let's figure that out first. And by the way, before we talk about the definition, I, I actually want to point out that I have done another episode along these lines before with a very special guest, Jens Larsen, who is an incredible musician, and he's a YouTuber. You want to check out that episode. It has It's sort of along the lines of what we have today. So that's uh, episode 122. So uh, com forward slash episode 122. I'll leave that in the show notes today as well for some extra resources for today's episode. But what is a target note? What is a target note? A target note is a note that you designate to resolve to within a bar or phrase of a chord progression. I'll say that again. A target note is a note that you designate to resolve to within a bar or phrase of a chord progression. The primary goal is to target strong chord tones to bring out the difference between the chord that came before it or to bring out a particular expression in an extension okay so first of all what's what is a strong chord tone a strong chord tone would be like the guide tones right what's a guide tone it's like the thirds and the sevenths right well why are they called guide tones because they define the quality of the chord best so the third would be a great chord tone to resolve to if you want to really hear the chord changes come out from chord to chord in your solo. So a target note can be a chord tone, right? It can be a strong chord tone. I also said it can be an extension like the ninth, like the sharp 11. It depends on what you're trying to bring out. But a target note is a note that you designate to resolve to within a bar or phrase of a chord progression. So therefore, when I'm talking about composing target notes over the form of the jazz standard. In this case, we're going to use the jazz standard, There Will Never Be Another You. That's one that we all know and love. That's the one we, we all know and love that jazz, stand, uh, that jazz standard. That's a great one, right? And in fact, uh, I've done a full-on chords analysis of this jazz standard in episode 161. So if you want to check that one out later after you're done listening to this, you want to understand the chord changes to that one better. So that's episode 161, Understanding the Jazz Standard, There Will Never Be Another You, the chords analysis. So once we understand the chords analysis, then we can start applying improv lessons over it like target notes. All right. So what we want to do is we want to take the form of There Will Never Be Another You, and we want to start finding target notes that we can use to compose over this jazz standard. So now I have a little resource for you as well. Sorry, I know I'm dropping a lot of links today, but this is the important one. The show notes today. The show notes today, which are found at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 169 forward slash episode 169. And what I have there on the show notes is a there will never be another you target note map just over the first a section of there will never be another you. It's a target note map. Now, you'll understand why I call it a map in a second. We're going to listen to it as well in just one second. 
But what I have is whole notes, whole notes over the entire first A section of There Will Never Be Another You. Now, if you're driving right now, don't don't check out the show notes. Don't go show noting and driving. That's not good. You don't want to kill yourself here or, or anybody else for that matter. Don't worry. I'm going to go through this audibly for you. So uh, focus on the road and focus on my voice here. So what we have here, the first chord of there, number, there, there will never be another you is E flat major seven. Okay. Now I'm going to compose a target note. So in my solo, I want to target the fifth. What is the fifth? The fifth is a B flat. Okay. That's my note. Okay. So what I would do in the composition process is just be like, Hmm, what's a good starting note? Ah, let's start with the fifth. Okay. Now the second bar is still E flat major seven. Well, another great note in E flat major seventh, uh, seven would be obviously the seven, which is D. So, so far I have... And I just have whole notes composed on my target note map because we're going to get to the solo later. We're going to compose a solo out of this. Right now, I'm just mapping out. That's why we call it a target note map. I'm mapping out the notes I want to use. So B and D, uh, B flat rather, and D over E flat major 7. Now in bar 3, we have a D minor 7 flat 5. I'm going to choose the 7th of that. Okay, I'm going to choose C, which is this note. Okay, and then we have a G7 because we're going to a 2-5 into C minor 7, which is the relative minor, right? And so a great note for that one, especially on these dominant 7th chords, is the 3rd, right? That's the 3rd right there. That's B natural. So we have this. That's the C over the D minor 7 flat 5. That's the B natural, the 3rd over G7 flat 9. In bar five, we resolve to the C minor seven. And I'm just going to resolve to the root there. Okay, so so far, so far we have this fifth over the E flat major seven, and then the seventh, and then we have a C natural, B natural over the G seven flat nine, and then a C over the C minor seven. And to keep it nice and rooted, over the next bar, which we still have C minor 7, I'm going to put 5th in there. So that's G. So we have this root to 5th target note that I'm using here. Okay, I'm going to... Now we're going to move on. So now the next bar, we have this B flat minor 7 to E flat 7, usually flat 9, to A flat major 7, right? This is a 2, 5 into the 4 chord. So over the B flat minor 7, that's the, the chord i'm gonna do the seventh so that would be what a flat okay that's my target note for that bar the next bar is the five chord the e flat seven and i'm gonna put the third in there right again those dominant seventh chords having that third as a target note i love that and i'm gonna use a g natural an up an octave higher right so for the b flat minor seven i have a flat and then a, the E flat seven, I have the third, which is G. There it is down an octave lower. Okay, then we resolve to the E flat major seven. And for that, I'm gonna pick the fifth. Really earthy note there. So the fifth is E flat, or an octave higher. Right? And then we have a D flat seven next. 
I love, uh, well, I'm not going to give it away. That's the chords analysis, which I actually already gave it away in another podcast episode, right? I'm going to keep that note the same. I'm going to keep that in E flat. And what is E flat to D flat seven? Right? We played an E flat for A flat major seven, which is the fifth. And then for D flat seven, I'm going to keep it in E flat. But what is it? It's the ninth of D flat seven. Right? Okay, pretty cool, right? So we're keeping the same note technically, but they function differently in the chord. Now you're gonna see how this all comes together in a second, so don't panic. We're just kind of we're kind of going over my composition here. Then E flat major seven is the next chord. So we're gonna go back to the fifth of the E flat major seven, which is the B, the uh, sorry, the fifth, which is the B flat, and then we have a C minor seven. I'm going to hit the 11th. So we're hitting an extension here. This is the second extension we've hit. We hit the 9th earlier, earlier. Now we're hitting the 11th. Which What is the 11th of C minor 7? What is it? Any guesses? F. F natural, right? So for the E flat major 7th, I had the B, B flat, the 5th. Then the 11th of the C minor 7. I love that. I love, the, I love minor 11th chords. So nice. It's more of chordal voicing there. Okay, then we have this F7 sharp 11, the dominant two chord. And I'm just going to go straight for it. I'm going to hit... I'll do an octave lower though, right? So the sharp 11. What is the sharp 11 of F7? It's B natural. Okay. And then... We have another F7 in the next bar, and then I'm going to hit the third, because remember I said dominant seventh chords, hitting the thirds is, is really great for outlining that chord. So we have F7 sharp 11, and then just an F7 hitting the third. That's A natural. And then we have an F minor 7. So I'm just going to take that third and flat it, so it's now an F minor 7 chord. So we're still hitting the third, just a half step below. So F7 here, that's the third. F minor 7, that's the third. And then B flat 7, let's hit the third. That's D natural. And then let's resolve to the third of E flat major 7. I always love resolving to the thirds. If we're going to resolve, resolve, it's not like you always have to do it, right? That would be kind of unmusical if you always did it, but that's the third of E flat major 7, by the way. That's G. It's going to give a nice, strong resolution. Okay, if I'm sort of visually looking at my composition, again, if you can't look at it right now, that's okay. But if I'm sort of visually looking at it right now, um, I do see that there's uh, moments where it goes up in pitch and down. So it's this kind of flowing line. So the big thing now is let's listen to it. Let's see what it sounds like. This is a piano recording from the Jazz Standards Playbook, Volume 2, just downbeats so you can hear the downbeats of the chords. And then I'm gonna, and then the piano's playing the target notes that I just composed. So take a listen to this. Okay, that sounded actually not so bad by itself, right? It sounded pretty 
pretty good. I like some of those intervallic leaps in there. Had had some nice sounds. Okay, let's play it one more time. And now I'm going to say them over top of it. Fifth, seventh, seventh, third, root, fifth, seventh, third, fifth, ninth, fifth, eleventh, sharp eleven, third, 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 third. Okay, lots of thirds there. Sounds actually nice just with those whole notes. Kind of relaxing. I feel kind of relaxed. So that is just the target note map that I just composed, okay? Okay, so this is only half of the exercise, though. So we've identified some target notes, and I was musical about it, right? It created a nice little flow there. Nice, uh, you know, you'll notice that the last line was just all thirds, right? Just very, very thirty. Now, here's the real cool trick here. So now, using these target notes, we are going to constrain ourselves to making the line resolve to these target notes in every single in every single measure, okay? So these are the notes that we're targeting in every for every single chord of this song. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're always going to hit the downbeats. It doesn't necessarily mean we're always going to hit the downbeats with those notes. So not necessarily beat one, right? Sometimes it's going to be beat two. Sometimes it's going to be the end of one. Sometimes we might do an anticipation, the end, the, the end of four from the previous bar, right? But we are going to make our lines revolve around these target notes. And by doing this, and th- this, is, this is where composition, we're practicing composition here. And the best way to practice composition, uh, in my experience, especially when it comes to jazz improvisation, is to put some constraints around things, right? If you leave yourself free reign, that's great. That uh, allows for creativity. But, but actually, sometimes you can get even more creative by putting some, some borders around things. And our borders are these target notes that we just composed, okay? So uh, I composed a solo, and I'll leave this in the show notes uh, too as well. So I'm, I'm totally giving this away for free. This is from the book, but I'm just gonna give this away for free. It's the target note solo that I composed using this. And what I'm also gonna do is I'm gonna actually put the, ver- I, I, have a, I have two versions of it in the book, and one version I have the target notes highlighted so that you can actually see where the target notes are in the music notation. So again, if you're driving or exercising right now, you can look at this later, but um, you can hear the lines that I composed targeting these target notes. And, and I'll talk a little bit more about some of the benefits of this after we listen to it. So let's listen to what I came up with. Right, so that's it. Pretty cool what I came up with, right? I mean, so it sounds nice. It was a nice flowing solo, nice beboppy solo. 
uh, outline the chord changes really nicely. And so if you're more of a beginner improviser, you might be going, Brent, but yeah, but how did you do that? Like, I, I, I didn't even hear the target notes in there. Well, you did hear the target notes. It's just that they were going by a little bit quicker. It's, it's not possible for you really just to latch your ears onto it that quickly. That's why I have the notes highlighted for on the show notes for you so you can kind of see where they lie and how I approach them. But I composed this whole thing keeping those notes in mind. So, of course, I'm thinking about chord tones. I'm thinking about chromaticism. These are all improv lessons that I've gotten uh, previous books or even the book that I'm the Jazz Nerds Playbook Volume 2. Different techniques. Of course, it's just me knowing jazz language, spending years learning it by ear, all this good stuff, right? So, all of this comes in time and with practice. But again, practice is key. I've practiced composing before, not just practice improvising. I've practiced composing. In fact, I composed this lesson, right? So, I'm going to do something else here. We're going to play that recording again, but I'm going to play the target note map with my guitar as we listen to it. So I'm just going to be intruding a little bit on the solo, but you can also hear me playing the target notes in the background. Okay, let's try this. Okay, do you hear that? So you could probably hear all of those notes in the chord map coming out over top of that solo. And that's because within my solo that I composed, I was resolving to those notes at all times. I would say the only time where there is a, there's delayed resolutions in many of them. And what I mean by delayed resolutions is it didn't resolve on beat one. And I was playing each one of those whole notes on beat one. But the one that took a while to resolve to was the F7, the F7, the last four bars there, where I was hitting the third and I did a little chromatic enclosures that took a while to resolve there. Otherwise, everything actually wasn't that long of resolution. And you could hear all that come out in there. So this is a great exercise because we can see how simple it is to, to create target notes, which of course, in this case, I was targeting strong chord tones, some of them weaker, like the fifth, right, or the root, um, but strong chord tones and extensions like the ninth, like the 11th, like the sharp 11th. I loved that 11th on the C minor seventh that I hit there. Um, of course, the sharp 11 on the F7 sharp 11, that's actually not the, the, the regular changes of there'll never be another U. It's not an F7 sharp 11, but you can make it an F7 sharp 11 if you would like, right? Just adds a little bit of color to it. So by making that a target note, I made it an F7 sharp 11 and it had a beautiful sound to it. So you can do this yourself too. And, and you can follow the exact same process. Doesn't mean you have to have like as, as, as great of a solo as mine, or you could have a way better solo than mine. Doesn't matter where you're at and you're playing right now. Just start by taking, taking those chords there and, and picking. And you might, when you start composing your solo, be like, oh, you know, maybe I actually want to choose a different target note instead. And that's okay. But you use target notes. You start that way. And then you fill in the blanks. It, it really is sort of like a uh, connect the dots sort of a situation. Here's the dots on the page, now connect them together to create the whole picture. Um, that's what I should have called this. 
the connect the dots, the connect the dots or exercise. Man, I'm having some issues pronunciating my words today, but that's okay. So I would love for you to do this as well to take this uh, to action right here. The the concept is very simple. The target notes, those strong tones, whatever you want to resolve to within a bar or or even a chord progression, right? And then tying them together by creating great jazz lines. But we start with composing, right? Because composing is improvisation slowed down. If we really can't improvise slowed down, right? If we can't really compose jazz lines, it it sort of means we can't really hear what's happening. And And I don't necessarily mean writing it down. You could just do it all by ear and then memorize what you're doing, right? But if you're not able to really hear what's happening, then you're probably going to have a hard time doing it in a, in a in an improvisation setting where things are going by faster, right? So this is the difference with just improvising scales or improvising stuff, you know, hitting the quote-unquote right notes all the time is you're just going to sound like you're hitting right notes, but you're not necessarily going to be sounding like you're making something musical. So if you practice actually creating something musical, the likelihood of it actually coming out when you're playing is, is so much more likely when you're improvising. And likewise, too, I find personally when I compose my own ideas, those are the ideas that stick the most. So I learn jazz solos by ear. I take looks into all 12 keys, all the things that I really preach in all of my stuff. And because of that, and because I listen to jazz, I understand the jazz language and I can hear things and I can hear ideas and I've learned some colloquialisms of the jazz language, right? So then when I go to compose my own ideas, I'm not necessarily ripping off other musicians' ideas that I'm hearing. I might be stealing little bits and pieces of it, but when I'm composing like this, I'm creating my own narrative, my own melodic ideas over this jazz solo. So then I spend all this time working on it, you know, targeting, doing the target notes, then connecting the target notes together into a solo, and this is a really good weeks or even months work right here is just doing this. Think about how much more likely some of these ideas are to come out in my jazz improvisation in the moment. You know, whether I memorize this or not, and hopefully you don't play anything you memorize. Improvisation is not playing something memorized, right? It's just, again, it's composing, but sped up. But by having some of these own, of your own language solidified here, and the more you do this, the more you're going to develop your own vocabulary. And people sometimes ask, well, how do I sound original? How do I have my own voice? Do this sort of stuff, right? This sort of stuff. This is the ideas that you're coming up with yourself. And you can have as much time as you want to imagine what you want your solos to sound like. I love this idea. That's something I really focus in on in the Jazz Standards Playbook Volume 2 is this idea uh, of, of composition, And composition, part of that is setting parameters for yourself, setting um, borders, such as target notes. And, you know, I believe in in our last episode, we talked about making pentatonic scales musical. Well, we decided over the Jazz Standard Just Friends, we're going to take pentatonic scales, and we're only going to use pentatonic scales for the most part, and we're going to apply them using motific development over top of Just Friends, right? And having those parameters was composing... It really helped come up with something musical and figure out how do we actually even make scales musical in the first place. So I'm digressing a little bit, but that's something I really hone in on. So my call to action for you today, whether you go ahead and get the book or not, which has a little bit more on this in there, of course, I want you to create a target note map over whatever jazz standard that you're working on and then attempt to create a solo connecting the dots with those target notes. Can you do that, right? Because those who take action, those who really want to invest 
are the ones that are ready to take action. So if you're someone who listens to this this podcast week after week, but you still haven't taken action, well, I hate to say it, friend, but just listening to this stuff isn't going to make it come out in your playing. You have to apply what you're learning. So if this sounds like something that could be helpful for you, take action and try this out for yourself. All right, that's all for the show today. Thank you, 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 thank you for listening today. I do appreciate it. I hope you got a lot out of this today. I hope you take action. I hope that uh, you go out and you you create your own target note map. I know you can do it. I don't care where you're at in your jazz playing. I know you can do it. And like I said, this is all a little snippet, a little preview, a little tiny taste of what's in the Jazz Standards Playbook, Volume 2. And I know that I'm, I'm really... Uh, I'm almost hard, hard selling it to you right now, um, but I do so shamelessly. Why do I do it shamelessly? Because I only create products for my audience, for Learn Jazz Standards, which for years and years and years I've been serving. I know what you guys need. I know what you guys ask for. I know what you guys want. That's the only reason I create these products, because I know that they're going to help you more. And I believe the Jazz Standards Playbook Volume 2 will help you more if you want to dig more into those jazz standards, but not just those jazz standards that they're, that are being studied like there will never, never be another you. It's many more than that because when we understand jazz harmony, we start to understand all jazz standards. And when we start to understand jazz standards, we start to really understand all music harmony because jazz standards have, uh, they really have a huge range we can learn how to become better musicians in general just by studying this stuff. So I would encourage you uh, to go to the Jazz Standards Playbook 2, the number 2.com, the Jazz Standards Playbook 2.com, and check out that book if you think that's going to help you a little bit more. I really do appreciate it, and I hope that it serves you further. I hope that you just learn a ton by engaging in that. And, and if, again, if you want to join the companion course, that's really, in my opinion, the best way to get the most out of the book. Um, to really engage in the community discussion board that we have in that course. And any one of you who's taken any of my courses can attest to that. That's, that's a, a really powerful thing to do. So if you want to support that way, the Jazz Standards Playbook too. Now, if you're saying to yourself, Brent, uh, that sounds great, but hey, you know what? I've got no dinero to pay for that book. I've got kids to feed. I've got lots of other bills to pay, like my mortgage, I completely understand that. That's why I do this podcast. That's why I have my YouTube channel. That's why I have my blog for completely free. And so a free way you can give back is just go to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave a five-star rating and review and just say, hey, I love this podcast. It's helped me out. And you can tell other people how it's helped you out. And uh, that just helps That just helps us out over here. Just other people find the show. So thanks in advance for doing that. All right. This has been a great Jazz Standards Month. I've really enjoyed the last four episodes and digging into all this stuff. Of course, as always, we have great shows planned. We have some guests planned coming up in the future that you're not going to want to miss. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes. And don't forget to join our jazz community at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash newsletter.
Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.